people gonna know we're here. That's the goal to come redeem their animals. But also, the goal is to to sell the image of the the people that nobody wants. There is always somebody who loves that people, and we will like you know blast the image. That's what we want to blast that image to connect that person out there who might love these people right here. Hello, and welcome to the Cloudcast. I'm Erin Hegarty, and I'll be your host this week. Before we begin, I have a little riddle for you. What do a peacock, an alligator, turtle, monkeys, kittens, and dogs all have in common? Yeah, sure, they're all animals, but they are also all animals that the city's animal care and control have had to recently, well, care for and control. Chicago Animal Care and Control is led by Mamadou Jahate, who has basically been at the helm since the beginning of the pandemic in 2020. The department is tasked with caring for and controlling animals throughout the entire city, or as Jahate points out, their coverage zone is the same as the Chicago Police Department, only they're dealing with pets, strays, and wildlife. Last week, I sat down with Jahate at Animal Care and Control, located on Western Avenue near 28th Street, and talked about how both predictable animals like dogs and cats and wildlife that often isn't even natural to Chicago get cared for by the city. We also talked about how more city funding dedicated to marketing and advertising is helping Animal Care and Control not only get the word out about adoptable pets, but is also ensuring Chicagoans know the resources that are available to help them care for their pets. All right, let's dive in. Okay, can you explain what all animal care and control is responsible for in the city of Chicago and what it means to you know, control or care for all of the city's animals? Well, Chicago Animal Care and Control is a unique uh, department in animal uh, care that's uh, in this business are obligated to uh, deal with anything related, any issue, any concern, anything related to animals in this, within the city of Chicago limit. Uh, among all the, you know, many of our facets that we, and program that we use, we're talking about stray intake, you know, removing vicious and dangerous animals of the street to keep people safe, you know, investigating those bites, you know, um, investigating animal cruelty, removing them from Harm, a harm, a harm situation, a harm way situation, and also going to court to testify. You know, um, we got an educational obligation to teach people. You know, owners duties and responsibilities. Um, you know, we work with other city department to deal with um, talking about even abandoned house where um, you know that need to be properly bordered to avoid infestation of wildlife in the neighborhood and to that effect we got a wildlife management plan that is very well appreciated by many actors and uh, we work to that actually we work with Lincoln Park Zoo and you know a PhD student from Cambridge to design it but also um, I will say that our level of cooperation with other department to help uh, you know hoarding case you know, to not just, just bring assistance to the animals, but also to the human factor too. 
And um, once those animals, all those animals get brought here, we have a dedicated team of employees that work, you know, hard to kind of care for them, you know, you know, properly care for them. And uh, we got a veterinarian teams here also that do surgery on those animals and uh, spay neuter and other care. And we're, so we're like in between spring and summer right now. Is there a specific, you know, type of animal that you always see around this time or what, what is this point in the year like? Well, right now, uh, let me say this, uh, special animal. Yeah, we're seeing cats, more cats, because this is the, the cat season, like they call it in the, in the, in, <laughs> in our environment. Uh, we see a lot of kittens, newborn coming, mom and kittens. So the cat population is getting slowly to that high that it used to be around this time. But then uh, when we talk about the notion of, uh, you know, transition spring, summer, uh, unfortunately, we don't have that this year, but um, because in the past, what used to happen is that uh, during winter and, and spring, uh, animal population are very low, you know, and uh, we call it the black season where you can just like get prepared for summer, which is the peak of the population. But uh, what we have kind of learn this year, you know, with the recovery is that uh, we don't have the transition anymore. It's just the population been high all the time. Wow. And it's just getting higher with summer. So that could be due to a lot of things, the recovery itself, you know, eviction, you know, people just changing lifestyle, moving to other state, out of state, moving to other new housing where dogs are not allowed or cats, you know. It could also be due to the fact that, you know, um, during the pandemic, during the heart of the pandemic, uh, spay neuter in general was halted for a while. Okay. And, um, you know, to conserve drugs, the dogs that use for human, you know, utilization. And uh, that also kind of augmented the population of stray animals and we're seeing those effects too. And what about, I mean, are there, do you guys do stuff with like bird rescue or what type of um, yes. like wildlife? Yes, in, in Chicago, <laughs> our animal care control are trying to do everything. As long as a living creative, we'll do it. Uh, yes, we, uh, we do birds. We pick up birds, injured birds, we pick up straight birds, and actually we pick up, we got a peacock not long ago, and not peacock the TV, <laughs> the cable network, but the real one, and it was fascinating, beautiful. Um, someone called us and just found it walking around. And Where in the city was you that? Know, it was, uh, I believe, not far away. It was in the south side, actually. And, uh, uh, it was very, very fascinating, you know, to see a peacock just out of nowhere walking. And and I think it's, uh, let me make sure I know the address, I remember that. Yeah, it's not actually far from here in Paulina. Okay. <laughs> in the south side. So uh, it came here, it was fascinating. That's what, that's, I mean, we love to come to work to enjoy this job. Our employer love this job, the animal lover. But that's one of those days when you see something you never see in your life. 
and uh, everybody was very curious looking at this like uh, you know that's a phenomenal things to see but uh, we transferred it to a rescue and uh, from what I heard it it has been adopted by a veterinarian oh wow yes. that's incredible <laughs> and, and they are peacock lovers too. <laughs> <laughs> how do you I mean if you've never encountered a peacock before and especially in Chicago how do you Care How for you, them? You care for it, yeah. Well, you know, the first, the one of the best thing that you can learn in this place is that if we don't know, we're not shy of seeking knowledge. We're not shy of asking those people who knows. We got a network of uh, experts, of friends, that we can call anytime in the middle of the night, the day, to ask them questions. We're not shy. We'll ask them, hey, we got a peacock here. What do they eat? <laughs> you know, <laughs> good question. Right, you know, and well, I I can be, I can, I can say, hey, you know, laugh at somebody who say, you know, you got a billy goat here or a pig. What do they eat? Yeah, I hear that question. What do they? What do a pig eat? I was a veterinarian in a farm, so I know what they eat. To me, that's common sense. But somebody here asking me, how do how are we gonna feed the pig? I don't know what the pig eat and. You know, we educate them, or we call somebody else who educate them, because uh, that's how you get knowledge by asking questions. So the peacock, yeah, we ask the right people who told us do this A B C D, and uh, we did. And that's just not the peacock. I don't want to make the monkey mad, but yes, we had monkeys here. Barely, like every year, we get one or two of them. Um, Big monkeys, small monkeys. Uh, small, pretty small, and uh, we send them to sanctuaries. And uh, you're talking about snakes, you know, bar constrictor, python. We got all those, and um, uh, the pig was kind of same week. I'm telling you, that week that the last week when we got the peacock, uh, I think that was a, must be a special week because we got the peacock, we got the alligator. Uh, turtle, alligator turtle. Yes, and then we got uh, we got a pig. So that's three wow. special animals. <laughs> How do they get here? Well, they in Chicago, everything starts with a stray animal. So you get a call. Uh, we got a system with three one one under the Salesforce uh, um, system, where people call and say, "Hey, you know, there's a stray." strange animal here or a stray alligator, this and that, and then uh, we get those calls and we send our officer to handle it. And when our officer goes there, um, if that's something that's new to them, they can always call us. And if we don't know, we'll find somebody who know, who know those resources, who know how to handle them, who can explain to us. And uh, it's just not the work for of animal control, but it's a work of a whole community. You know, we're very open to listen to people and and utilize that knowledge they got to do the job the, in the best of our possibility. But like, a peacock is not Come a naturally occurring animal in no. Chicago, and I don't know about alligator mm, turtles, no, but... None of them. I mean, alligator turtle haven't... That was my first time seeing it. Okay. Yeah. She, I mean, Chicago got strange animal. I mean, remember the alligator in the lagoon? Oh, I remember. <laughs> right. Was... And uh, even after that, we got, I believe, two more. 
you know, from people. Most people smuggle them, like when they were baby, they look cute, and uh, you bring them in your house, and you think that they're gonna stay small all your life. Then after a while, they cannot fit in the tank. You gotta put them in the bathtub. Then uh, most of the time, someone come to re- do some repair at your house and see them them call. And uh, we have a fox, an albinos fox. Wow. Yeah. That right was, now? The, no, actually, that was a couple of years ago. And that was my first time seeing an albino fox. So, yeah. And That's then, incredible. Of course, <laughs> everybody know about the cougar. That was, uh, I would say, 15, 17 years ago. A cougar in downtown Chicago. We handled that one, too. And those, I mean, cougars, they... They're in Illinois, right? Well, they migrated and uh, they came from, uh, to that one came from downstate, was followed by the state, you know, trying, everybody was looking for, they were siding and it ended up in downtown Chicago. Hey. I mean, it's a good place to go. Everybody loves downtown. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what's, is there like an aspect of the work that the department does that's most important or is it all they're all important but within that that their importance we prioritize with the the level of staffing we got you know we never you never have enough people to do everything not just for us but for everything in life but then we have to make strategic decision to prioritize certain calls of our orders not that we don't do all of them we do all of them but time you know is so sensitive sometimes that we think that uh, uh, having a policy that deal with injured animals is more important than a policy that pick up a stray dogs you know for example you know so our priority is to remove uh, injured and sick animals off the street then they can get the care they need and uh, beside that, uh, we think that, you know, a, a vicious dog attack, you know, is a priority over something else because uh, um, that's when our core mandate is to protect public safety, mm-hmm. you know, so then we got to remove that animals because somebody going to get hurt. And uh, assisting Chicago police you know, in calls with animal related also, we use that as a priority. So yes, we prioritize prioritize those calls over orders, you know, stray animals. Yes, it's very important, you know, but <clears throat> um, if um, we are confronted with a choice, uh, that removing the injured animal will be a wiser choice. Okay. Right. Um, and I know, you know, you mentioned staffing and I know I, listened to most of the budget hearings last yes. year, and I know that some aldermen seemed concerned that, you know, you guys didn't have enough for marketing, uh, animals and services. Was there, and I know that they had called for an increase in that or more resources. How did that shake out? Well, let me say this. I, we, we are so grateful, so thankful to the city council, to aldermen and to the mayor for thinking about you know, helping us with marketing by uh, giving us, you know, kind of a certain dollar amount to uh, help us in that sense. Uh, other than that, uh, prior to that, we were, uh, we 
didn't have per se in the budget something for marketing. Instead, we were doing marketing and we're still doing uh, throughout social media, which is great. Everybody, you know, go to social media, you know, and uh, we were doing that. We were um, having good Samaritan helping us with uh, the billboards, you know, putting them dogs to be adopted. And finally, we got that, um, you know, help from uh, the mayor and uh, the city council, which are the men who write very proactive thinking about us. And uh, right now, we are in a working order to uh, utilize that money uh, to help us market our department uh, in, in two points of view, because uh, to control your population is just not to transfer animals. You know, it's just not to adopt out animals, but also is to educate people, mm -hmm. to tell them to be more responsible about their animals. You know, maybe sometimes it's just that little fence that you fail to fix all these years that your dog gonna use to get out. Mm -hmm. Maybe sometimes it's just microchip. You know, so marketing, advertising. We wanna advertise and market. We wanna advertise us that we're here. You know, we we know that people have a busy life, you know, are under a lot of pressure in life in general, but we want them to know that, you know, regardless how busy you are, how busy your life is, there is a Chicago Animal Care Control who's located at 2741 Southwestern. And if you lose your dog, please come here first. You're most likely to find it here than anywhere else. And if it's not here, we always got resources to help you to say, do A, B, C, D, go here, go there, go to the police station, go to the, your vet hospital, advise you, post some picture, go post it on Facebook and see what's going to happen. You know, so we got all those resources. That's where we we got attendance now. We're working with um, the mayor office connected us with um, CTA, we work in the CTA to okay. have a platform there to advertise, uh, maybe on the bus or the train. Mm -hmm. We're working on that. We're working the details right now. And we're working with, um, you know, other city professional experts in marketing, advertising, who are advising us what to do. And soon we can have a good products that's going to make us shine, <laughs> you know, shine because uh, people are going to know we're here. That's the goal to come redeem their animals. Mm -hmm. But also the goal is to to sell the image of the the people that nobody wants. There is always somebody who loves that people and we will like you know blast that image. That's what we want to blast that image to connect that person out there who might love this people right here. Mm -hmm. And that's where we are right now. Yeah, no, I, I actually follow you guys on Instagram and yes. it's one of my favorite yes. <laughs> accounts in that I love seeing that when yes. I see a post that's like this, you know, dog has been here for a long time and it's found its happy family. And that's, yes. And, and, you know, and, you know, and I got to give credit when it's due, it's just not us. It's this amazing volunteer we got. They dedicate their, their, I mean, the sacrifice these volunteers here do, I don't think I could do it. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I am 
we all are hardworking people here, but they're working even twice for free <laughs> to sacrifice their time. They could be with their family, kids, husband, wife, you know, mom, dad, but they pick one hour, two hours of that precious time they got to share it with us and come here. They'll walk these dogs to maintain them, you know, maintain their, their psychological health. You know, they'll help us, you know, water the dogs, give water food sometimes, just, you know, spot clean. And also, they're amazing. You got some of them who comes with arm with their camera. They take pictures of the dog. They unbelish it. They make it look great. They go to on social media, Instagram, and all them and post it for free. They're not asking for anything. They're just doing it because they want to help us. They love these animals, and they, they appreciate us. They want to help. And that's what we love. We appreciate. And I want to thank them. You know, take this occasion, and without them, there won't be this place. There will not be this place. We cannot do it alone. And uh, you know, we never say thanks enough to them. And I want to profit to this occasion and to say thanks to all our volunteers, all of them. Without how many? Exception. Do you know how many there? Are? Uh, we enjoy for now, and I hope we can have three thousand. But we enjoy. <laughs> 115 average you know we got i believe 133 and 123 133 and we got maybe 35 who are in training right now and uh in average we got 150 you know very dedicated we appreciate every single minutes they spend here the one that's come here every day and the ones that come once a day we love all of them and we thanks them that's awesome um, yeah, the people you don't see, you know. Hey, people just think that people out there, some people will come to us sometimes and say, thank you for you guys, what you do. And I always tell them, don't thank me, the city worker. Thanks the unknown, unseen people behind us. Those are the volunteers and the rescue group that comes here and pick up dogs. We got rescue group. If they don't come here, transfer animals. If the volunteer didn't come here and help, uh, look, we love animals. All of us here are animal lovers, by the way. Don't tell anybody. I'm the only one who doesn't have a dog at home or a cat. No dog? Or, do you have any? No. <laughs> everybody got, they're all animal lovers. But guess what? Uh, if we didn't have the volunteer and the rescue coming, helping us with their dedication and their good heart, we will be utilizing a score of animals. Mm -hmm. There's no way around. But... You know, God bless all of them. You know, so that's that's. Yeah, I don't have animals, but. I mean, there's. I'm sure there's plenty here. Well, I um, tell everybody <laughs> that I own all of them here, mm -hmm. so I see all of them. Sure. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and what is it like? So, one of my favorite moments, uh, I think it was in 2020, preparing for the 2021 budget yeah um you, you know every year you i'm sure you hear the same questions from aldermen or you know they're complaining about or not complaining but you know yeah, concerned got, about got concern. coyotes they got, and, got concern yes yes uh geese maybe yes i'm very much intimidated by right. geese but yeah. i remember alderman carrie austin in the 34th yes. ward saying she has a little dog and yep. she's concerned and there's a coyote yep. and 
it's going to eat her dog. And we said yeah. something like, just hold the dog up and like That's make right. it look bigger. <laughs> it was just so. It's, it's just a coyote <laughs> are territorial, of course, like many wildlife, but also uh, they like to be dominant, but they're dominant with size. Size matter to them, you know. Size doesn't matter much with a lot of species, including human, but size matter with a coyote for fact, because uh, they see a small dogs as a rabbit, as a squirrel, food. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you elevate anything that's small up to your tight, it becomes bigger. Huh. It's then, just that simple. That's simple. And the coyote look at that and say, wow, this is a big prey. I cannot mess with this. Because mm -hmm. you never hear a coyote attacking a dog about the same size as a coyote. It's always a small little bitty poodle and chihuahua. But everybody, just, let me leave the chihuahua alone. Chihuahua know how to defend themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've yes, that's like some, a, some that's, that's one method of hazing. Um, making noise is another method. Coyote are very shy. They're very shy. They uh, and we we got the coyote management plan actually that we share a great management plan. It's not great because we did it. We work on it. That's because we work on it with Lincoln Park Zoo and a PhD from Cambridge. All expert people. And uh, what that management plan teach people? We share it with every alderman actually and okay. uh, everywhere actually. It's available in our website. City of Chicago Animal Care. What what that kind of plan teach people is cohabitation, education, um, to fight somebody, anybody, and to be able to win, you have to know your adversary. You have to educate yourself and put yourself in the same shoes than your adversary and understand them. Then you can fight them. Um, chasing coyote is one thing, good luck to catch them, or they're using a tranquilizer, and um, you catch one, three, come and occupy that space. But understanding their environment, their biology, their reproduction will help you understand why they're coming toward you. You know, must they hunters, is what do they hunt? Food. You know, maybe you got a source of food that attract them. You know, in an urban area, that's most of our time garbage. People don't close their garbage. They're not, it's not clean. You got food around. All you need to do is fix that problem. Mm -hmm. Keep it clean. Keep clean your backyard. Remove all debris, you know, and close your, your, your garbage and you won't see them anymore. That's as simple. And if you see them, they're so shy that they'll change direction most of the time. And if they don't, because they're protecting a dam, maybe. Okay. They become territorial. And all you need to do, make noise. They cannot stand noise. Loud music. <laughs> you know, that's one of those days that you got to listen to loud yeah. music. You know? <laughs> then, uh, or just clap your hands. Use an air horn. Buy you an air horn at um, the store. And those party air horn that you use at the party, you can use them with the coyote to make noise. And uh, most of the time, they will go. And if they become a threatening to a point that those methods don't work, that's the time to call 311911 and we will come and safely remove them. Okay. How do we remove them? We tranquilize them mm -hmm. and then locate them. Mm -hmm. 
I didn't know coyotes were so shy. Um, Ooh, yes, very shy, yeah. <laughs> um, and are there, like, when it comes to dealing with, you know, you serve the whole city, when it comes to dealing with, you know, the 50 wards or different areas of the city, are there, is there like a map that shows where the most calls come from? Or is there yes. an alderman who's always like, we've got, <laughs> we've got more chickens, we've got more geese. Yes, uh, yes, we have. Uh... We love our aldermen. They always call us to help their constituent, but also uh, uh, the aldermen office been trained to enter all those calls in a system called Salesforce with 311. And actually, the city was so grateful to uh, invest a lot of money a couple of years ago to make that system available to the constituent also. They can directly enter it from their... Uh, uh, their uh, phone, their tablet, you know, smartphone under sheet 311 and uh, enter the request there. So we get those requests. They are centralized. They come to us. And uh, um, when we look at those calls, it allows us to map where main the main calls are. And uh, um, our, the bulk of our calls actually come from uh, the neighborhood of, um, uh, uh, what do you call it again, uh, Roseland and uh, Austin, okay. but then you got some, you know, um, in other area too sometimes. But depending on the area, some area you get they got more like a wildlife issue mm-hmm. than a stray dog issue. Other area got more like a stray cat issue than a stray dog issue. But the bulk of the call, the majority of our calls come from Austin and Roseland, and uh, we uh, concentrate. A lot of effort there. Um, not that to say that we don't do anything in other part of the city because we service each single acre, miles, and you know surface in the city. We cover the same geographical area that the Chicago police does. Okay. We got beats just like them, and we go everywhere. So, what we have been doing lately this year. Uh, was that we, after identifying where the bulk of your calls are coming, uh, again, we change our mentality this if these last years that not to, not to chase an issue, but to understand where the issue is coming from and what motivate that issue, what driving that issue, and then go tackle that driving factor. And um, sometimes it's a matter of resource, so we. Right now, working with the University of Wisconsin uh, uh, veterinary school with their shelter medicine department, uh, we're doing survey in those areas. We started with Roseland. And uh, once all this work is done, we're going to get a report and we know what we want to do is to provide resource referral to people. Uh, you kind of learn so far that uh, people love their animals in Chicago, but they there are circumstances that force them to give up those animals. And sometimes it could be something like easy fix, you know, like, you know, people got a fencing issue, you know, a dog doesn't work. And if we can, you know, try to identify all that and say, hey, um, maybe we can refer them to a third party, a non-profit who can help them fix that problem, who can help them with their roof, you know, Sometimes it's just dog food, a bag of dog food. People love their animals but cannot afford a bag of dog food. And we help them with food. 
you know, cat food, dog food, leather, something to relieve them. And uh, we organize a bunch of vaccine clinic. That's very popular. Most of the time is free, and if it's not free, it's very low cost, accessible. We team up with, you know, partner from the Coalition of Shelter and from Cook County a lot, mm-hmm. you know, who pay for it, the veteran and all so forth, and provide those resources in those neighborhoods and all the neighborhood too. And when you say those two neighborhoods are getting, you know, having the most right. calls, are those calls for? They're mainly stray dogs, stray okay. cats, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you said the, the vaccine clinics, those yes. are rabies or? They, they, the core vaccine, um, distemper, you know, uh, para-influenza, you know, and uh, parvo, but also that's rabies and that's microchip, you know, and microchip <laughs> is the, when I, when I moved here over 20 years ago, I was asking, why do you microchip your dog? Just keep your dog. Uh, to me, it was that simple. Right. You know, I came from overseas. It's that simple. Keep your dog in your house. Why you microchip <laughs> your dog? To realize that it doesn't take but one second for your dog or your cat to be gone and you lost a member of your family. And once it's gone, then the time starts clicking. And what's going to reunite you, save your animals, get you back your animals. In 80 to 90% of the case, that's that little bitty microchip. That little bitty microchip, and uh, against the belief of certain people thinking about, oh, that's the government trying to track me. No, that's not the government trying to track you. That's you putting something in your animals that's going to help you reunite with your animals. We do not want your animals to go to somebody else but you. And uh, we offer those microchips in the clinic, with the clinic, and we encourage people to take advantage of those. You know, that's going to make the difference. And when you get them, do not forget the most important is not to get them, is to register. I, yeah. You know, it's frustrating <laughs> to us. It's, it's totally frustrating that People, reg- people get a microchip, do not register. Or they register and never update their information. Their, their, their phone change, their address change, please. It just take one minute. Because then what good is the chip if, if they can't find you? Is that... you? First of all, we're mad at you. Mm-hmm. you know? And number two, we're mad at ourselves. And then we messed up our dates. And then we got the animals here. We gonna have just to transfer it. We got no other choice. We gonna have to transfer it to a rescue, and I know the rescue doesn't like that situation either. They prefer your dog to go back to you, your cat to go back to you, you know. And it takes just one phone call. I know that we all got a lot of time to chat with our cousin, sister for hours on the phone. Just cut two minutes of it and call the microchip company and say, "Hey, my address has changed." I got a new phone number. And that's it. That's all it takes. Nobody's going to ask you any other question. They're going to say, thank you so much. It's updated. And I believe you can even do it online. Yeah, I think I've, I've right. changed my address right. online. If, and it was if you don't feel like to talk to anybody, <laughs> yes, go do it. And, and if you don't want to do anything, 
look, have your teenager kids to do it. They love this computer, and right. uh, that's gonna occupy them. Yeah. You know, because if the dog gets lost, everybody gets hurt in the family. You know, we see that so many times. You know, it, it's just kind of heartbreaking to have a dog here with a microchip and no information is up to date. You know, but we'll do we'll do everything in our possible, and that's the the opportunity. Thanks, microchip hunter. They're amazing. I hope they're not listening, but they they don't like to hear that probably that they're amazing, but they are amazing. Um, those people create miracle. <laughs> when you give them a microchip, even with the wrong information, they'll find the owner. They'll do wow. everything to find the owner. I don't know how they do it. But they get it done. They get it done. That's great. That's great. And so I know we talked a little bit about, you know, plans to market not just, you know, the lovely pets that are cats and dogs that are here um, and, you know, resources that, you know, you guys can offer. Um, But is there anything else, I guess, that's on the horizon or what can we expect uh, in in the coming year? Or is it just recovering from uncertainty over the past couple of years? Well, I don't want to say uncertainty. I got faith to not just the system, but I got faith to people. You know, people have been going through a lot. You know, people lost their loved one. People got sick and still recovering a year after from the second of uh, side effect of the virus. And uh, I just want to encourage people to hold each other's hands and uh, understand that everything going to be positive. Life is beautiful, you know, and uh, everything going to be positive. Uh, we won't see more animals here. You know, I'm optimistic that this problem going to be resolved. You know, yes, people going to take care of their animals. They're going to love them. They're going to do everything in their power to keep them at home. And if they lose them, they're going to know that we're here for them. They can come here first and we can offer them resources. We can direct them the right place to go. And, uh, you know, just I want the optimism to be spray and share everywhere, you know, with our volunteer, our rescue partner, you know, our friends, and um, with the people of Chicago, but the country, you know, just to let them know that everything's going to be okay. You know, they're going to be okay. The dogs and the cats going to be okay. Yeah, we're all going to work together to keep them at home, not on the street. And the one that's on the street, we're going to work hard to bring them in, to keep them safe. And hopefully they're going to be reunited with their own. I just, my message is just a message of optimism. You know, remember the cycle. Everything that goes down will come back up. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good thing to remember. Thanks for listening to the Cloudcast. This episode was produced by me, Aaron Hegarty, and edited by Alex Nitkin. We'll be back in another two weeks with another fresh episode for your listening ears. See ya.